Welcome to the Females on Fire podcast, where I hope that you'll gain both the tools you need to grow your business and the motivation you need to create your dream life. I'm Haley Luckadoo, motivational speaker, serial entrepreneur, huge lover of Dr. Pepper, and of course, the host who will be introducing you to the phenomenal women sharing their stories and expertise to inspire you, help you succeed, and set your soul on fire. If one of your goals for 2020 is to rock your email marketing, then girl, I've got just the thing. Email marketing used to be a pain point for me because I have tried every platform out there. Now I use Flowdesk, a new platform that is changing the email marketing game. I could tell you a thousand reasons why I'm obsessed with Flowdesk, but you'll have to see for yourself. You will fall in love with the beautiful templates, easy to use interface, and having unlimited everything. That's right. If you get on board right now, you get unlimited subscribers, emails, workflows, and forms for life. And the best part, if you enter code Haley, you get all of this for only $19 a month. Again, for life. Seriously, just enter code H-A-Y-L-E-Y and you'll lock in a $19 a month subscription for an unlimited amount of everything Flowdesk has to offer for life. That's an unbeatable deal for your business and your peace of mind. 2020 is the year to change your email marketing. So head to Flowdesk, enter code Haley, and make it your best year in business yet. Welcome back, ladies. I'm very excited about this episode today. I feel like I say that every week, but these just get me so pumped. We have such amazing guests on this show. But I'm super excited for this week because... I absolutely adore this woman and I knew I had to have her on the show because she's just such a beacon of light, you know, like she's just one of those people that you follow her, you get to know her and you just want to be around her all the time because she's this very positive, happy, life affirming person. And I am so excited to get to have her on the show today. So today I'm talking with Miss Jacqueline DiGregorio, and she is a motivational speaker, a personal development coach, a best-selling author, and the creator of the Growth Happens Here membership. That is a mouthful. She does a ton of things, and I love it. Um, Jacqueline has a similar story to my own. At age 21, she actually started her first business from her dorm room at Georgetown University. And she's made lots of pivots. She dabbles in lots of things and is just really going in hard on the personal development and motivational space. So I relate to her so much and we had such a wonderful connection. And I know that we are gonna be very good friends for a very long time. So I'm so excited for you to get to hear from her too. 
But Jacqueline, the thing that really stood out to me about her is she authored the best-selling book, Stop Getting In Your Own Way. And if you haven't grabbed a copy, you should, because it is amazing. And it was even featured on Good Morning Washington. But that is kind of what we're going to touch on today. We really touched on a lot in this interview from overcoming failure and how to deal with that and really just moving past failures that you have in your life, achieving goals, how to do that, how to set realistic goals and how to actually go after them. We touched just a little bit on habits and like what you actually need to do to really get out of your own way. So many good things, a lot of which Jacqueline covered in her book. So I'm so excited. I know this is just going to be one of those episodes that's filled with so many quotable moments, you know, like so many little tangents that you're going to want to write down and take with you and have on a post-it note on your desk long-term, because this is the kind of motivation that we all need. Jacqueline is that best friend that everybody needs to have. And I can't wait for you to hear from her. So here we go. Our episode on getting out of your own way with Jacqueline DiGregorio. Hi, Jacqueline. Thank you so, so much for joining me on the show. I am so excited to have you here. Thank you so much for having me, Haley. Yes. Well, I have already obviously done sort of a formal introduction of you, but I would love for you to tell our listeners just a little more about you and who you are, why you do what you do, and especially tell us about that book. You got it. So I am an author, motivational speaker, and personal development coach. I'm really passionate about helping women achieve their biggest goals. I've always been really ambitious since I was young, but I realized as I was growing up that a lot of women kind of felt shame for their big goals or held themselves back out of fear. And that was never something that really plagued me. Like I always just went for it and I failed and I just kept going and figuring things out. And so when I realized this, that so many other women around me had these challenges, I wanted to make a difference and really inspire people and give them tools and resources they need. And the reason that I'm really passionate about personal development specifically is because Well, I got into personal development in high school. I read The Secret when I was, I think, a sophomore maybe in high school. And since then, it's been a huge part of my life. And I really attribute so much of my success to my mindset and to my ability to just focus on being the best version of myself and prioritizing that. And the more time I spend on that, the more success I find in all areas of my life. So um, my new book. It's called Stop Getting in Your Own Way. It's my second book. It came out in December and it focuses on helping specifically like women who want to be entrepreneurs or who already have a business overcome mindset challenges and bad habits and a lot of those um, sort of nagging things that literally stand in your way so that you can build the business of your dreams and really step into the best version of yourself and have that life that you really want. So that's kind of me and uh, what I do. I love it. And you started your first business out of your dorm room. Is that right? I did. Yeah. Let's, let's hear about that. Cause that's something, this is what I love about you. The second that I heard anything about you, I was like, this girl has got to be on the show because I also started my business out of my dorm room and am a speaker and really big in personal development. So we share a lot of similarities in our in our backstory and our journey to get where we are. And so I would love to 
hear you tell our listeners kind of your side of what it was like to actually start that business so young. Yeah, I love it. It's such good proof that like, I love hearing other women who've done similar things and who have the same beliefs about success because it's just proof because I feel like so many people are rooted in this hustle, 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 hustle. And while I think there can be, you know, some hustle that you're excited about and that feels aligned, I think that sometimes we get caught up in this um, like masculine energy around like following your goals. And so I love to hear other women who are like into personal development and who have chased their goals from a young age. So it's just good confirmation. Um, but my dorm room. So I go back to, uh, my junior year of college. I was a marketing and international business double major. And I thought that my dream was to work in marketing for a fortune 500 company. And I landed one of those big internships And I was super excited about it. And a couple months in, probably like the beginning of August, I started to realize like, wow, this is it. Like, this is what I'm going to be doing for the rest of my life. And I felt like there had to be more. Like, I, I just was yearning for that feeling of being heard, of being able to be creative and implement my ideas and really make a difference rather than just like someone at the very bottom of the corporate ladder who's worked in a really matter. I just like couldn't imagine myself doing that. And I think that it's really important to share this story because I think a lot of people assume for us big dreamers and women who are really setting this example of what's possible and chasing big things. I think that most people, you know, listen to our story and think like, oh, you know, Jacqueline was in her internship and she immediately knew that she wanted to write books and do all these things, but that's not how it was at all. It was literally like this decision of, I can't do this the rest of my life. And I would rather make $40,000 a year working for myself than working for someone else, because that's what their kind of starting salary was out of college for entry-level marketing at this company I was working at. So I was like, you know what? Maybe I can find a way to make $40,000 and support myself doing it for myself. And that was my biggest aspiration at the time. Like that's all I wanted to figure out how to do. And so when I went back to school in August, I was like, okay, I got to start a business. I don't know what. And the only thing I really knew about uh, business was what I saw on TV because we didn't really have entrepreneurship classes um, other than this one class that I signed up for my senior year. And I hadn't went to that class yet. So I was like, okay, I have to come up with a product. That's literally the only thing I could conceptualize was like a real business. And at the time I was really um, involved in health and fitness. I had struggled with an eating disorder my freshman year of college. And I took the time over the next three years to really build a healthy relationship with food and um, learn how to eat intuitively and all these different things that helped me rebuild my confidence and this is really a catapult into personal development as well, because when you start to focus on like feeling good with your health and fitness, then you can focus on that in, in all things. Um, so my first idea was a product. It was, um, this plate that encouraged eating a balanced meal because one of the things with my eating disorder was that I, I binge ate very often. And, um, I worked with a dietitian who taught me about this, um, method called the, my plate method, which is like, uh, USDA, um, teaching that helps like kids learn how to eat healthy. And it really helped me because it included all the food groups. And one of the reasons that I used to binge eat was because I would just cut food groups out of my diet completely, um, trying to lose weight. And then I would 
crave them and then binge eat. So if I would just eat them in my meals, like if I would eat carbs and I would eat dairy, then I wouldn't binge eat later. So anyways, I created this product uh, and it was a total failure and I, I could go on and on about it. Um, but that was kind of my, my start into entrepreneurship. And I just, I just kept going and kept failing forward to get to where I am today. I graduated and I worked for myself full time. I wasn't really making a lot of money, but I was living at home with my parents. So I was able to make it work and just worked my way up until I kind of found my way and kept listening to my intuition and trusting and got to where I am today. I love that you said failing forward. I think that's one of my favorite terms that you hear kind of around the personal development space, just because I think so often when we're talking about failure, you know, there's a lot of like the big gurus and our, our, these huge mentors that we look up to that talk about how you have to fail. But then when you're kind of on the smaller side of things and you're trying to grow and you are just getting started out it's really, really hard to remember that when you're right in the middle of it. And so that's the thing I love most about your story is, you know, you read somebody's bio and you don't get to hear all the parts about, you know, we hear that you started your business in a dorm room, but you don't get to hear the part about how you developed an eating disorder and you had to work through that and overcome that. And that led you to develop this product that was a massive failure. And, and, you know, you built off of that and learned from that. And you just had to keep getting up over and over and over again and trusting yourself to keep getting up and trying again. And I think that's the hardest part for a lot of people is just, I think sometimes when we fail, it's not even about the failure itself. It's about that we lost faith in ourselves. We no longer trust ourselves to actually achieve the goal that we were going after. And I know that's something that a lot of our listeners are going to relate to because it's definitely something that I relate to. I talk a lot about, I bought a business that people don't even know I bought. And um, I'm a serial entrepreneur. I've always had several businesses, but somewhere in the middle of this whole business journey, I actually bought a business that most people that follow me don't know anything about. And it's because it was a total flop. I lost like several thousand dollars in this business. It was a massive um, investment that just did not go my way. And, and now that's something that I speak to that I'm like, oh yeah, by the way, um, if you think everything's perfect on this end of Instagram, it's not, here's, here's where I lost thousands and thousands of dollars. And so you just don't, you don't get that from a bio. And so I love that you're willing to like open up and share about this stuff because it is hard. It's really hard when you're walking through it, but if it's something that you can push through and something that you can, you know, regain that trust in yourself for, then I do think you come out on the other other side of it better. And maybe even, you know, with a book deal, like it just, it works out eventually if you just give it time. Absolutely. And I think for me, like at that time, it was my first failure. So it was like, okay, this didn't really work. Um, but I can maybe find a way to make it work. And I think it was like the years and years of self-belief that my parents had taught me from a young age, which I feel really grateful to have had that because we know how important our childhood is in forming our beliefs. My dad always told me, Jacqueline, you can do anything you put your mind to. And that was so imprinted on my subconscious mind that I, I just truly believed I could do anything. Um, and so I was able to pick myself back up after failure number one, but it just, it kept getting harder. The next thing I decided to do was, okay, people didn't want this plate. So I thought maybe I could make it into an app. 
because then people could do it on their phones. And so it was kind of going to be an app that helped um, young women, especially women in college with intuitive eating and also had workouts on there to encourage like just this overall healthy lifestyle. And um, I started building the app. I raised money on Kickstarter to build it. And basically like everyone that knows me uh, pledged some money, which helped me um, get the app started. And uh, long story short, the app failed three times with three different developers. Like we did a wow. beta test where literally users were, were using it, these college women that I didn't know that I had built this email list from speaking at colleges. Um, and they're using it and they're like, it's crashing. It's not working. Like it was just, it was really tough. And at this time I was like two, two and a half years into business. I didn't know what to do. I, I felt really confused and lost. And at that time I was thinking about going back to school and just becoming a dietitian because I figured if I was a dietitian, then I could just take clients through insurance and it was kind of a sure bet, but that was almost like the safety net of what I was going to do. And, um, Christmas day, 2008. 18. So not even that long ago, really, um, like a year and a half ago, I woke up and it's just so crazy that it was Christmas. I don't know why, but my intuition was like, you need to just drop literally everything you're doing and just speak about your story and speak about failure, speak about following your dreams. Because the only thing that had really been working for me up until that point was speaking. I was traveling to colleges. I was talking about my eating disorder at the time and I was getting paid to do it. And that was really the only income that was coming into the business. And I don't know why I didn't realize that sooner that it was something that I was good at. And that kind of came naturally to me. Apparently public speaking is like the number one fear in the world, which is, yeah. I mean, I definitely get nervous, but it's something that I didn't realize how for so many people it's something that's challenging. And I think that's a good example. If you're listening and you're like, I don't know what I'm good at. Think about things like other people have a hard time with, but kind of come naturally to you. So anyways, long story short, I literally told my parents on Christmas day because I wear my heart on my sleeve. I can't hold anything in. I can't tell a lie. And so Christmas day, I go downstairs and I'm like, I'm not going to go to school. Like I said, I was, I'm, I'm completely closing my current business and I'm, well, I'm just going to have a different business where I'm just going to speak. And they were like, so confused. And my dad's words were, so you want to be Oprah? And I was like, yeah, pretty yes. much. I want to be Oprah. <laughs> and, and they were just like, lost. Like they were really worried about me, you know, like they, they want to keep you protected and they love you and they care about you. And here I am like after two and a half years of failing and, and I'm just going to like scrap everything I was doing. Um, but to me, I don't see it that way. I don't see it as like, I closed one business and started another. I kind of feel like it's just another pivot, you know? Um, so I spent, uh, all of January that year, just sending like thousands of emails to colleges about my speech and about what I wanted to talk to their students about. And I landed um, some really big engagements and got to travel across the country. And I just talked about women's empowerment, personal development, and um, following your dreams. And that set me off for like everything I wanted to do. And I started coaching women. A lot of business owners obviously are attracted to me because I have somehow failed my way to success in business um, and kind of led me to where I am now. And it, it's just really powerful. But the lesson and the reason I wanted to share this is because sometimes the first failure, it's like, okay, you can brush yourself back off and get back up. But after like the third or fourth failure, it's really, yeah. really, really hard. And I think what 
helped me stand back up again, even though it was hard. And even though, I mean, there were times where I didn't want to get out of bed for days. Like I have um, a note in my phone. I used to journal in my like iPhone notes um, before I even really knew what journaling was. I would just like stream of consciousness, my feelings. And there's one me talking about how I'm going to quit. I'm going to quit my business for good. This is it. I'm going to get a job and all of the reasons why. And um, I'm giving a TEDx talk. It was supposed to be in March, but it's postponed because of COVID. So it's going to be in August. And I, I actually show like a screenshot of this note where like I, I was going to give up, but there were a couple lines in that note where there was hope in my voice and I was going to give up, but I kept saying like, I know I can do it. Like it was like, I want to quit my dreams, but I know I can do it. And what I realized was that thing that kept me going was was courage. And it was this idea, I've defined courage as whenever your belief is stronger than your fear. So it was that self-belief, that self-belief that I had been building since I was a kid. And for some of you listening, you might be thinking, well, I haven't been building that, but it's never too late to start. And it's the self-belief that your success is inevitable and that you'll figure it out that gives you the courage to stand back up even when you failed five times and even when it's you know two and a half years into building this business and you still haven't made any money you somehow find a way to pick yourself back up and and that's exactly what i did and so if i can leave you with one thing it's just keep building that self-belief because that is what helped me pick myself back up and helped me listen to my intuition and get to where i am today Girl, that felt like a TED talk right there. Like that was so good. I, there's so many little, oh, so many nuggets of that I want to dig into, but I don't even know where to start. Like, first of all, I just have to say, I love that your dad jumped straight to Oprah. Like that's just <laughs> good job, dad. Like that's, yes, that is exactly what I want to do. I want to be Oprah and thank you for validating that I can get that big. Like, thank you. Yeah. But, but I, I, I relate to that so much because my parents were very much the same way. I would constantly make these little, I also call them pivots. I never really thought of me closing a business or, or, you know, backing down from an opportunity or quitting or any of those things. It was always just a pivot. Um, even when I didn't have a plan and my parents were the same way. They were always very like, uh, okay, sure what are you going to do now, by the way? Like, how are you going to pay your bills? Like, is that a thing that you have worked into your plan that you don't have? Yeah. Okay. Sure. And so I, I really, really relate to that. And I think a lot of us can just in the sense that even if you're starting out, you've probably already been through something where you've said, okay, that didn't work out the way I thought it was going to. What the heck do I do now? And I'm like, you I really do believe that like, I say all the time, if you want something bad enough that no excuse is really going to be good enough from stopping you. And mm-hmm. I, I think that was kind of it for you too. You know, you said you put in the notes on your phone that I'm quitting, I'm quitting, I'm quitting, but I can do this. And so I think when you know that something's on your heart and you know, you want it bad enough, there's literally not going to be anything that stops you from doing it. And in my opinion, if you're willing to quit, if you're willing to give up, and if you're throwing in the towel and saying, I'm done, this wasn't what I thought it was, then it wasn't ever something that you wanted that badly. And Mm -hmm. this is something I'm constantly talking to my husband about because he is very much the guy who needs the safety net. And he's not really willing to take much of a risk, especially if he thinks that it will affect somebody other than him. He just cares too much about everybody around him 
and he won't risk it. And he's got these really big dreams and goals that are going to take a lot of work and a lot of risk. And so I'm constantly, you know, telling him like, you know, yeah, it's hard, but you don't get to skip day one. Everybody else had to have day one. You have to have day one too. And, you know, you keep making these excuses for well, why you can't start this right now and why you can't do this. But the fact of the matter is you're here. This is it. This is day one. And this is what you've got to work with. So you're either going to make it happen or you're not. And if you don't, then it wasn't really something you ever wanted that badly, because if you want it that bad, then you're going to keep working for it. And I think that's kind of the thing that people forget is they sit around and they go, oh, it's just too hard, but this is your dream. This is the thing that you want most. So how hard is too hard? Where's the line where you're willing to give up on everything? And, and that's kind of always what I've told myself, you know, when, when I have those failures too, I'm like, you know, is this the line? Is this the moment where I say, okay, it's no longer worth it. And if so, why is this the line? Why is this the thing that did me in? And most of the time when you start asking yourself those questions, you realize like, oh, I can keep going. Oh, I do want this. Oh, I do believe I can do it. Kind of like you were saying with, in your notes. And I, I think that is the thing. It's like you said way back in the beginning when you started talking about mindset, your mindset is the, the thing that's gotten you here. And I think the your mindset is probably the thing that will get you to all the next levels that you're trying to achieve. Because if you don't have that piece, if you don't have the piece that says, well, I may have lost everything. I may have fallen flat on my face. I may have embarrassed myself. It may have gone completely wrong, but this is my dream. This is it. This is the only opportunity I have. I got to get up. I got to keep going. If you don't have that mindset piece, then I don't think you ever really achieve anything, to be honest. Yeah, it's so good. I love that you said like you don't get to skip day one. I think that sometimes we see these stories of people who it looks like their success is overnight. And I think it's just really important to remember that everyone started somewhere. I was, I was just having this conversation with my fiance because uh, I was talking about how I went to the Taylor Swift concert when she was an opener. And he's like, wow, that's crazy. Who'd she open for? And I said, Rascal Flats. And he's like, wow, like Taylor Swift as an opener. And then it hit me like everyone has to open for someone. Like everyone starts as an opener. No one skips to the headliner. And it's the same concept in, in life and in all of our goals. So I love that. What really stuck out to me about what you said was about how it's really hard. And I hear this a lot. Um, it's like one of the biggest fears I think that holds people back is this fear of it being really hard. But what always comes up for me is like, is it really harder to chase your dreams and fail and all those things than it is to wake up every day knowing you're selling yourself short on your full potential? Yes. Like if that dream is inside your heart, it's meant for you. Like it wasn't placed there by accident. And, and I just can't live with myself selling myself short. I know I would never give up because that idea, that pain is way worse. And if you can hone in on that, like that's all you need. It's such a good um, exercise to do because when the pain of staying where you are is worse than the pain that you're going to have to endure on the path to where you want to go, you'll keep going because our, our ego seeks to find, you know, less pain. So if you can just constantly remind yourself every morning when you wake up, like, I'm not going to sell myself short. That's the most painful thing in the world. Then nothing can be too hard because that pain will always be greater. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And I, 
I talk a lot about that too, about the what ifs, you know, people always want to sit around, they want to say, well, what if this happens? And what if this gets in my way? And what if this, you know, doesn't work out? And, you know, what if, what if, what if? And I always, I always tell people, I'm like, well, what if you don't do it? And then 10 years from now, you look back and you go, what if I had just tried? And now it's too late. Now you don't have the opportunity anymore. Now, you know, you're 40 years down the road and you're about to retire from your career. And, and you, you know, like wh what's the bigger, what if what's, what's the one that scares you the most. Mm -hmm. And cause for me, anytime that I've, I've sat there going, well, should I keep going? Should I get back up? Should I try this again? It didn't work the first time. It didn't work the third time. It didn't work the 10th time. You know, what do I do? It's, it's always a matter of, okay, well, what if I try again? What if I fail again? What if everybody watches me fail again? Cause that's the, that's one of the parts we hate the most, right? Is everybody seeing us fail and embarrassing ourselves and, you know, losing money and losing time and, and not feeling validated in the things that we're doing. And I'm like, well, what if this happens again? And every time I say that to myself, I'm like, no, but what if 20 years from now I didn't do it and I realize I should, or I didn't do it. And now the opportunity has gone and I'm looking back and I'm wishing that I had just tried. And for me, that fear of like getting, you know, later in my life and to the end of my life and knowing that I left those chances not taken is way scarier than any potential failure. And, and I do think it, it's, it's going to be hard. Like nobody gets to have it easy. It's like you said, and I saw, I wish I could remember where I saw it, but I saw, I was listening to somebody's podcast. I want to say maybe it was like Tom Bilyeu, um, a long time ago. And he had a guy on who said, um, something about how he always comes early and stays late and, you know, does this, you know, all the time. And then he said, it took me like, I don't even remember how long it was, 17 years and a hundred and something days to become an overnight success. Mm. And that hit me so hard because I was like, you know, I'm like six years into my business and I have my days where I'm like, this is what six years in looks like. Like, this is it. <laughs> this is all I get for six years. Like, you know, it's kind of like working a corporate job for 20 years and then getting passed up for the promotion. Like you're like six years in, this is all I get, like for real. But when you think about it, like I looked at it in, in his terms where he was like, it took me 17 years and a hundred and something days. And I was like, wow, I still have a long way to go to become an overnight success, you know? And, and I know everybody's journey looks different and, um, it, it's just different for everybody. But I think that just goes to show you like all of these people that you think popped up so quickly or got really successful so quickly or made so much money so fast, or they just have it so easy they didn't, you didn't get to see, it's kind of like we were saying earlier, you know, you wouldn't know your whole story about your eating disorder and the product failing and all that stuff just by reading your bio. And it's that same concept. You can listen to the person's podcast and read their books and look at their Instagram posts, but you only know what they're telling you. So you don't see the thousands and thousands of nights that they had to you know, stay up late working or get up early working or cried themselves to sleep because they thought they were going to quit or wrote notes in their iPhone where they were like, I'm done. It's over. Like I, I can't do it anymore. You don't, you don't see all of that. And so I think it's just like a cool reminder that every single one of us has to go through it. And, you know, you don't really 
see it. You just get to see the success side of it when you're looking at other people, but you've got to remember that like, you know, at some point you hit that point where like, there's somebody behind you going, dang, I just wish I was where she was. I just wish I had what she had. I just wish I had gotten to that point. And that's kind of what I remind myself of a lot. It's like, even this podcast, you know, this is not the greatest podcast ever. Like I know that it's, it's not top of the charts all the time. And, and I'm constantly learning from like bigger podcasters than me and constantly trying to make it better and, and all this stuff. But I've been doing this for over a year and a half. Now we're coming up on two years and there's so many people now that are starting podcasts that are looking at this and going like, well, how did you, how did you do this? And how do you find guests? And how do you come up with the topics and how do you know where to share it and how do you get listeners and and I'm sitting here like wow like I'm even just with this podcast I'm so far ahead of so many people and I think when you start looking at it that way you know everybody tells you like not to look back you shouldn't look back you're not going that way you should just go forward but I think sometimes it's cool to just like turn around and look back and see how far you've come and say wow like look at this you know, yeah, I've got a long way to go, but look how far I've been. Look at all the failures that have already happened. Look at already, look at all the things I've already been through, because I think that's what gives you the motivation to keep moving forward. Absolutely. And I think for me, and this is something, the more I talk about it, the more women can relate to it and share with me that they feel the same way. Being so ambitious, I'm always chasing the next goal and I'm always so fixated on where I want to be to the point where sometimes it takes away my happiness in the current moment. And I realized like last week I was on walk and I was thinking about my goals and it hit me that where I am right now is where I would have dreamed to be a year ago. I mean, everything I wanted, my fiance and I bought a house, my business has come so far, uh, just like everything I wanted, I have right now, but already I'm onto the next thing. Yep. And I think it's a good reminder for everyone. Just like, look back at where you were a year ago or two years ago. And what did you want then? And you probably already have it. And what if you could be so freaking happy for what you have right now while working towards what you want? And really, I mean, if you believe in the law of attraction, which I 1000% do, then that's the way to get what you want is being happy and grateful with what you already have. So that's been a big priority for me, like every day, really honing in on like how happy I am, where I am today and working towards where I want to go, holding on to that gratitude. I love that. Yeah. And that's a good point too, because I think a lot of the time you see people on two sides, they either want, 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 and they never stop for a second to appreciate, you know, the things that they already have and, and not just that, but the things that they've already achieved. Like you said, you know, everything you have now, you wanted it so badly a year ago. And, and I, I totally relate to that feeling. And I, I think we've all had those things where like, you know, at some point in your life, you just want something so badly, like a house or a new car, or you want this business to get off the ground or, I just, I look back and I'm like, I even mentioned to my husband the other night, I don't know what we were talking about, but I was like, do you remember my first website? And we both <laughs> made this face like, Ugh. like, you know, just remembering what it looked like because it was so bad. And at the time I thought I was so cool. Like I thought it was so good. And I was like, oh my gosh, people are going to be lining up to work with me with this website because it's amazing. It was absolute trash. That website was awful. 
but it converted. It got me a few clients. It didn't, you know, make me millions. Like I was secretly hoping it would, but it got me started. And now I, I like look at my website now and I'm like, wow, this is so different. And it's like that with everything in your business and your personal life with all of your goals, at some point you are going to get something that you think is really good. Not realizing that two, three, five, 10 years from now, you're going to be looking back going, why did I ever want that? Because now I want this. And I think you, you see people on two sides of the spectrum here where, you know, you've got the half that they always want something more. And I, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I don't think there's anything wrong with like reaching for something even better or something, you know, even more expensive or a, a bigger goal or whatever. If that's what you want, that's what you want. That's fine. But they, most of them never stop to appreciate how far they've come and what they already have. And then on the other end of the line, you've got people who feel almost guilty because they're like, well, now I have it. So I can't ever want anything else. And it's like, well, why, why do you feel like just because you got this one thing that you probably worked really hard for that you're not allowed to want more. And so I think what you just said is the really nice compromise in the middle where we should all be striving to hang out. And that's being grateful for what I already have and acknowledging how far I've come and knowing that I worked hard for it and that this is a place that thousands and thousands of other people are striving to get to, but also saying, I can get more, I can do better. I can level up again. Like there's nothing wrong with me already wanting to go after the next thing. And I'm guilty of that too, of like almost going after the next thing too fast. But I think just remembering to like pull yourself back just, just a little bit and say, okay, let me take one minute to just recognize where I'm at and kind of revel in this moment and soak it all in. And then I'll keep going. Yeah. I'm so glad that resonates. That's exactly how I feel. Yeah. I think, I think it's just one of those things where like, we all relate to it, but when you hear other people say it, it's just like, oh yeah, that makes, that makes sense. That's what I need to do. That's what I need to think of when those times happen. And I, you know, it's really hard to do it in the moment. I think we listen to a lot of people talk about failure and talk about overcoming it and talk about how to stand back up. But in the moment, it's just one of those things where it's really, really hard to do. And I think it just all goes back to what you were saying earlier about that mindset piece that you really have to build that up. And you've got to, you know, people get in the gym and like strengthen up all their muscles, but you've got to strengthen up your mindset the same way. Like read the books, listen to the podcast, do the work to build up that, you know, thing in your brain that says, Hey, I can keep going. I, I can get back up. Like I've got this. This was one little blip on my radar of this very, very long journey that I have ahead of me, especially if you're just starting out. I think the people that quit most often are the people who are kind of just starting out because I think they just get into it and they go, Ooh, no, this is too hard. This is going to take too long. Like I can't do this. It's whatever. You know, when you're like six years in, you're kind of <laughs> like, well, <laughs> we're doing it now. Like, let's go. We're six years in. I can't have wasted six years of my life. So let's do this. And so you're like a little more, the failures still hurt. And honestly, they probably even hurt more because they're usually bigger. But I think you've kind of built up that like resiliency, you know, and you've built up that mindset enough. And so like for people just starting out, I think it's just like a little bit harder to take sometimes. 
because it's just a bigger pill to swallow. You know, you're not really sure how to deal with it yet. And you haven't taught your, your brain how to really maneuver that mindset. So, but I think this was such a great conversation. Like you gave so much advice and so many little, little nuggets of insight that I'm, I made so many notes. I'm like, there's going to be so many quote cards for this episode. I love that. Awesome. Well, any, any final advice for our listeners on how they can stop getting in their own way? Anything you feel like we didn't cover, or I I know there's like a lot that goes into this topic, but any like last words of wisdom for them? Yeah. I have two things that came up, uh, based on what we're talking about that I definitely thought would be helpful for someone kind of feeling divinely inspired to share this. So maybe you were meant to hear one of these things. So first thing, when we were talking earlier about, um, why people feel failure, one fear failure, one of the things you said was, um, they fear other people like watching them fail over and over and over again. And I can resonate with that so much. Um, but I found a way to overcome that, that worked for me. And it's a little just like mindset shift that really helped me that I thought might help someone who is in that stage of they're afraid to put something out there. They're afraid to go for something because they don't want to see, they don't want the people who follow them, the people who love them to see them fail again. Um, And that's exactly how I felt Christmas day, 2018, when I said, okay, now I'm going to like change what I'm doing again, right? Like, (laughs) what are these people going to think? Um, But there was a quote that resonated with me. I don't know who said it, um, but it's, you are the author of your own story. And I thought, what if I framed this in a way that made me sound amazing? Like, what if I was able to tell this story, not as a failure, but as a huge win? And that's exactly what I did. I went on my social media. I went on my email list. I went at my speeches and I started telling everyone about how, wow, going on this journey with food and with my eating disorder and helping women build confidence has unlocked this part of me that's really passionate about helping women do more with their life. After my speeches, I would have women coming up to me and asking me how I started a business or you know, how I had the confidence to pursue my dreams and goals because so often in my speeches, I would talk about how overcoming my eating disorder and building my confidence gave me the confidence to pursue the life I really wanted. And, and that's all true, but I was kind of hiding those things or, or diminishing them. But when I started framing it that way that, Hey, people told me they needed this and like, I'm just killing it and people need me. Uh, it, it made the quote unquote failure feel easier. And it made the transition, um, in my head, I didn't frame it as a failure. And so nobody viewed it as a failure because I, I didn't write it that way. I didn't write the story that way. So that's one that was really helpful for me. So if you are someone who's kind of in that stage where you feel like you're failing a lot, um, is there a way that you can reframe it? Because you're the author and you get to tell the story however you want to tell it. And it's just a silly little mindset trick, but if it's going to give you the confidence to keep going, boy, like do it. It makes all the difference. So that's the one thing. And then the other thing uh, that I thought would be helpful to talk about is what do you actually do in the moments where you are like literally standing on the ground? Because we keep talking about pick yourself back up, stand back up. But you know, when you're laying face first, you have a fat lip, you're like, this sucks. You don't even have the energy to, you know, push your body back up. What do you do? Um, And the best thing, the thing that's helped me the most is just ask yourself, what's the next step? 
And I remember like so many of my early on failures, like especially during the manufacturing process of my first product, that was a whole mess. Um, I remember that the next step, when I asked myself, what's the next step, it was like shower and feed yourself. That's all you have to do today. That's it. Like the next step did not have to be like, find another manufacturer because this one didn't work out. It was literally take care of yourself. And then the next day it was like, just go to your classes and get by. And then the next day it might've been, okay, go on Google and spend 30 minutes doing some research to see if there are other factories that manufacture plates. And then the next day, and just every day was, what's the next step? What's the next step? And the reason I think that that's so powerful is because it allows you to focus on just one small thing. And those baby steps, they compound. And over years, I mean, that's magic. That's, you know, the biggest successes and the biggest achievements in your life. They all come from those baby steps. So if you're feeling down, if you're feeling stuck, if you're actually in the midst of a failure right now, or you want a tool in your back pocket because you know failure is inevitable and it's actually a good thing. Anytime you're feeling down, just say, what's the next step and go from there. I love that. That's two really, really, really good pieces of advice. And I think that's such a great way to like close out this conversation because like I said, I know there's so many different like components to talking about failure and talking about how to get back up and all of those things. And we just kind of you know, barely even got to really graze the surface with this conversation because, you know, we have such a short time to get into it. But I think that was just such a great way to close it out because now there's no way somebody can leave this conversation, listen to this conversation and not have like tangible advice for what to do when they're in that situation. And I think that's what we're all looking for is those like really tangible tips of like, okay, here's step one, here's step two, here's how you get up. Here's how you get out of this. Here's how you keep going. And so I love that. And I love that it was just so easy and simple and very much relatable. And I think, you know, sometimes we all want to focus on like too much stuff at once. So, you know, that concept of just simplifying and saying, okay, what do I actually have to do next? What, and, and I think have to, and want to are two different things. And so putting aside what you want to do and feel the urge to do, because we always want to like fix the problem right then, but just remembering to like, okay, I need to take care of myself. Okay. I need to handle the bigger priorities right now. Okay. Then I can sit down and like calmly deal with the problem. And I think it's just like a great reminder for everybody to just like slow down, give yourself some grace. Like remember that this is just a part of the story that you're writing. And like you said, you're the author of it. You get to tell the story however you want to. So it's, it's just a nice reminder, a nice way to close out the show. So thank you for that. You're welcome. All righty. Well, at the end of every show, I love to do a little lightning round. It's just sort of a fun way to close out. So I've got some fun little questions for you if you're ready. I'm excited. Bring them on. Yes, let's do it. All right. First up, what does your morning routine look like? Ooh, so three of my days, my morning routine is literally an all day thing because I've gotten so into this idea of like personal development as like a priority. So actually Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, I call them visionary days and it's literally a full day. Um, but I will go into like a more normal morning routine because I think that for most people, that's probably not doable. And, you know, it's taken me four years to be able to get to that point. So morning routine. Uh, first thing I wake up as soon as my alarm goes off. This is really important. I get out of bed immediately. 
And the reason I do that is because it trains my brain to be able to do hard things. And I feel really good when I'm just up and at it. Um, I do like to sleep a lot. Currently, um, I wake up at like 7.30, which I love because I feel so refreshed and just like ready to start my day, though I've had periods where I was a 5 a.m. riser. So depending on when you ask me this question, it might change. But right now, 7.30, <laughs> get up as soon as the alarm goes off. I go downstairs, I make coffee and breakfast, and I journal. And in my journal, I always do five things I'm grateful for that happened in the past 24 hours. And then I do some affirmations, anything I'm focused on, um, sort of forming a new belief on. So there have been a lot of things over the years that I've just focused on changing in my identity, whether it's like, you know, I used to always be late to things and just be this perpetually late person because I had this part of my identity that like, oh, I'm a late person. But through affirmations, I've just rewired my brain to believe I'm always on time or early and now I am. And it's that simple. So sometimes it's like something like that habit or, um, I mean, all habits just are a result of our identity. So some sort of belief that I'm trying to change as well as in my affirmations, I include goals written um, in the past tense with gratitude. So for example, I'm going to be like, I'm so thankful for my New York Times bestselling book. And so I'm sort of turning my goal into an affirmation with gratitude. Um, so I do have my affirmations. And then um, the last thing I do is set intentions for the day. So I used to make long to-do lists and they were really overwhelming and I was so focused in doing more. And I thought that was the answer. Uh, but I've learned that it's not and doing less and being really focused on the things that matter uh, make you happier and make you more money. And it's a win-win. So I always ask myself, how do I want to feel today? And and what, what do I want to accomplish? And like literally today I wrote whatever I feel inspired to do. Like there's nothing I have to do. I do have a list called the must do list for the week, which is like record a podcast episode or prep for this thing I have coming up. Right. But um, other than that, it's usually just like letting myself be inspired, which is definitely something that's taken me a long time to get to that point. And, but I always journal on how I want to feel and what I want to accomplish. And after journaling, I sometimes read, I, again, I, I really hone into my intuition. So I don't have like a strict morning routine because I don't like too many rules in my life. Um, so if I feel like reading, I'll read. If I feel like listening to some sort of audio, like a podcast or something, I'll do that. If I feel like exercising, I'll exercise. I, I try to commit to working out like Monday to Friday, um, at least, but sometimes it's in the morning. Sometimes it's in the middle of the day. Cause I want to just go for a walk to break it up. So I really do like let myself feel intuitively guided, but at the very least I will get up as soon as my alarm goes off and I will journal every single morning. And the other things are kind of spurred based on how I'm feeling or what I feel like I need. I try to ask myself for personal development. Like, what do I need right now? Cause I used to just consume everything and it wasn't helpful. I was like almost like becoming someone else and following like other people's guidance. And so that's why I'm so honed in on like my intuition and what I need and what's right for me right now. And by doing that, I feel like I consume the exact content that I need to like master the day based on how I'm feeling. So that's kind of my morning. It's, it's always changing, but it's always focused on taking care of myself and taking a lot of time for me and my personal development. I love that you give yourself like so much flexibility, but then you still have those couple of pillars of like, these are the things that I definitely do every day. I love that. Second question. What is the last book that you read? Oh, the last book that I read <laughs> was get rich, lucky bitch by Denise Duffield Thomas. And it was really good. It had a lot of good nuggets about manifesting and, um, it made like 
manifesting money simple. She has a really easy process in there. So I liked it a lot. Hmm, I have not heard of that one. So I'm going to go look that up now and check that out. Sounds good. What is one thing that you recommend to everyone? So this can be like a service that you love using or a product that you adore, or just like an item that you feel like you can't live without, but something that you just feel like everybody needs one. Mm-hmm. Well, my friends always joke that I'm like a walking advertisement for pop sockets. Do you know what they are? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love them. And I actually use it in my business a lot for, for a couple of reasons. One, um, I never had like a fancy stand to film myself. Not that there's anything wrong with having that, but I don't know. I, I just, I like to keep things really simple and really easy. So I use my pop socket to prop my phone up on my laptop. And then when I want to do like a hands-free video of myself, um, I just have it like propped up. And two, I drive uh, to a lot of my different speeches. And so having the pop socket with the clip on my dashboard, as opposed to the things where your phone clips in, this seems more secure. And I just like it better for my GPS because I never know where I'm going and I always need a GPS. Um, So yeah, I love the pop socket. And I'm always like at a bar um, with uh, my phone like held by my pop socket and then like a beer in my hand. And my friends are like, this is literally an advertisement. Like this should be on TV. So I had to show (laughs) it up. I love it. That's such a good one too. And that's one of those like simple little things that everybody can go buy and it's got like a million different uses. So I love it. That's perfect. All right. Last lightning round question. What is the best piece of advice that you have ever been given? I got to say, never give up as simple and cliche as it is. If you just keep going, like you literally can't fail. Like it's literally impossible. And yeah, I just feel like that's the answer to everything in life. Anything you want, you can achieve if you just don't give up. And it might be cliche or corny, but there's a reason why, you know, it's, it's said so often because it, it's just the truth. Yeah. I don't think it's cliche at all. I think it's one of those things that we need to hear over and over and over and over again. And that is why you hear it shared so often, but I always love this question because usually whoever my guest is, they have the best piece of advice they've ever been given somehow ties in with whatever we were talking about. Of course. I always love that because I, it just kind of goes to show you like the, the things that you really like hone in on the most and find the most valuable really end up affecting your life like later down the road and affecting what you do and why you do it. And you know, why you, why you love certain things and why you enjoy certain things and all of that. So I always love this question because it's always interesting to see what our guest comes up with and how they tie it back in. So I love that. That's a really good one. Yeah. It's special to tie it all together. Yeah, exactly. All right. Tell everybody where they can find you. Where do you like to hang out and definitely where they can go get your book? Yeah. So I always say whenever I'm on a podcast that if you're listening to this podcast, it probably means you like podcasts. So you can find me at the Spark Your Light podcast. You can also find me on Instagram. That's my favorite social media. And I'm at Jacqueline DiGregorio. And my book is called Stop Getting Your Own Way. And it's available on Amazon in paperback and ebook. Love it. And we will put all of that in the show notes. So if you want to just head over there and click through to Jacqueline's podcast or her Instagram and definitely to buy a copy of that book, then you can head over and do that now. Jacqueline, thank you so much. This was 
just uh, amazing. Like I always say, I, I love talking about failure. It's one of my favorite things to talk about, but I love getting to just have somebody else on who has a different perspective and, and can just share, you know, some insights in a different way that might resonate with somebody who I couldn't necessarily resonate with when I talk about failure. And I think you provided such a fun conversation. I really enjoyed talking with you. And like I said, just so many little nuggets of wisdom and so much insight on really how our listeners can, you know, stand back up and overcome that fear of failure and just keep going after those really, really big goals and dreams that they have. And I think it's just always nice to see people like you that have literally walked through it and are still overcoming it and still fighting it every day and are really showing up for yourself and for everybody around you and and proving that you can be successful in doing that. So thank you so much just for being such a light and definitely for coming on the show and just sharing your time and wisdom. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. It was such a joy. Well, ladies, that's it for this time, but don't forget to head over to the show notes to grab special bonus content from our guests. I'd love if you could show your support for the show. So if you have just a minute, leave a five-star review about how much you love this podcast, then head over to femalesonfirepodcast.com and grab your Females on Fire apparel. Get a t-shirt, hat, and more because it all goes to fund the podcast. And don't forget to show off your new swag to all your friends on social media and tag me at Females on Fire and at Haley Luckadoo. I'll be back next week with another great show for you. But until then, keep reaching for those dreams that set your soul on fire.